single point of contact is also single point of failure so sometimes uh, if that contact moves off then it is not a great thing you mentioned about relationships here it brings to me another thought that many people don't do and i think that is a crucial piece that we need to tell our viewers especially if you are a sales rep or a sales leader who's listening to this think about the power of word of mouth and the references and the use cases Welcome to Asia Growth Forecast by HubSpot, a podcast where we dissect successful sales strategies of fast-growing brands and show you how to grow your business in Asia. We talk with sales leaders from brands like Neom, Aspire, VMware and Asana to uncover the secret sauce behind their sales motion and to understand what it takes to win the hearts and the minds of buyers in this region. I am Ramka Falkoviak and I am Adarsh Narona and together we lead sales for HubSpot across Southeast Asia and India. and we'll be your host this season now let's get into today's show hi everyone welcome to asia growth forecast and our next episode today you're going to hear from myself and adi from hubspot about how to sell during an economic downturn which is really the time we are in right now and that's a pretty hot topic we will share some insights based on our experience what we have seen in our careers as sellers as well as leaders we are not going to tell you exactly how old we are but we can tell you that between the two of us there is roughly 3 decades of a combined experience that we will be able to share with you a little bit today so stay tuned Hi Adi, how are you doing today? Are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. Thank you and my blessings to you that you didn't bring up our age there. Thank you very much. This is a topic that we've been talking to each other pretty much every single day when we bump into each other these days. Yes, it's a fact that uh, there is slowness that we have seen in the market. The buying behavior has changed, the patterns have changed, selling has become a little different from when it is otherwise so i am very keen to hear from you um, i know you have navigated the team brilliantly in the last uh, couple of quarters and i'm very very keen to hear and then share some of my experience as well so let's see how this goes uh, for those of you guys who don't know actually adi and i are leaders for southeast asia and india region at hubspot and we are partners in sales crime that's for sure so sales is tough as it is you know pressure targets chasing quarters mm-hmm. months pacing kpis etc etc but i think it just goes to another level when we are in that economic downturn time which which is pretty much we are in the middle of uh, at the moment adi i want to ask you what is different between selling in normal times when the economy is up everything goes well and in that time that we are in at the moment of uh, of economic downturn absolutely and i think uh thanks to the three decades that we have spent together as an experience we have seen similar times before and we have we have got our learnings from that number one is not to panic but you will see lot of our customers or prospects tightening their budgets just to keep the cash because the times are uncertain and when it is the uncertainty is visible to you the first thing by default you do as a human behavior or a corporate behavior is to ensure whatever assets you have the cash you have safer so that you are ready to battle this out because 
everyone knows this will end too. And then when the flood gets open up, you need to be probably at the driver's seat. So you should be ready and then you should be able to bank upon the good things that come. So the big difference for me is the awareness. The awareness by corporates and the way they react during a hockey stick growth kind of a scenario versus when there is a fear of slow market uh, or when it is a slow market. I think number one you will notice is not one person makes a decision anymore. If you're spending a few bucks, then anybody and everybody in the company is in that gang to debate, to evaluate, to scrutinize, to analyze, to look at the TCO, the ROIs, etc. So it's harder for a salesperson and a sales team to sell during the economic downturn. And, and this is uh, a given. But I think it's not the end of the world for sure. Definitely not. You just made me think about a couple of things, you know, from what I have seen in the past few years, mainly really, I have to say, uh, during the COVID times, we've seen so many companies really reacting so differently. I would say that we can divide all our customers and probably ourselves as organizations as well into three buckets. Mm. The first one will be in that red zone where companies are in a freeze mode. They don't spend. They can't afford to spend. They need to cost cut. They need to reduce spending everywhere just to survive. And they are in that paralyzed mode mm. where they are where, where they just can't do anything. Then we've got somebody in the middle where they just want to wait and see. They are not losing that much, but they are also not being able to gain uh, on that crisis that we are going through. So they just want to stay where they are, wait and see. They will not be spending too much either because they might need those cash reserves you're talking about Correct. for a little bit later. Correct. And then we are also having those companies that are thriving in the crisis mm. just because they probably have a service mm. or a product that is allowing them to reap so much uh, success uh, from helping others to survive as well. So I would say that probably we, we the first thing we want to do here is want, we want to identify where we are as an organization, right. where our customers are when we are planning for approach uh, to our customers. So that's probably the first thing and, and foremost. And after that, um, I love what you said just now. What, what this screams to me is business empathy. Hmm. And totally. as an organization, right, yeah. kind of decide, deciding how are we going to help our customers? How are we going to get out of the box of being a vendor to actually being a business partner? And I guarantee you, at the end of the day, again, to things that you have just said, at the end of the day, it is humans who do business with humans and they will remember who were the ones who, who gave them a helping hand during that uh, time of crisis. So they will become much more loyal to your brand and to you as a, to you as a vendor. So all those things I find really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, on that point, it does effectively is it makes you uh, among the rest of your competition to stand out. Because if you are invested more with your customer at these times, you got to really That's get right. into their shoes, that side of the fence, and you got to invest that much of your bandwidth to understand what they're going through. Once you, you beautifully said the bucketing of customers. So you need to really know 
who's here to buy and spend who's here to consolidate who's here on a literally a mode where they're just blocking out any investments but they want to be surviving and be ready when the gates open so that bucketing helps the seller a sales rep to understand what's going on in the customer's place and then react better and once you react better to them once you are involved yourself and you you don't try to sell everything that is in your arsenal right you want to really solve for the specific problems there so if you don't do that somebody else will be doing it because you know what at this time of the market there's at least 10 people who will be calling a CIO or a CSO or a CMO or a CFO how would you stand up is only by being on their side of the fence and that takes a lot of work and it's sometimes when the the market is good and there is a lot of demand for your product it's just a transaction you're a glorified accountant you're not a sales rep you're, you're just doing the transaction closing one deal after another but at these times you have to be on their fence and really really the word you said was empathy that that is the crucial differentiator i feel adi you just mentioned just now there is a lot of work that organizations have to do to be able yeah. to serve their customers better yeah. let's talk a little bit about that work that needs to be done what do you think about productivity let's go to the nitty gritty of how organizations can survive through helping their customers the best way i think the first thing that comes to my mind is how customers can leverage a good tech stack because in good times there is a tendency to buy everything that looks appealing and then we see a lot of customers having a lot of tech stack but then when you don't use it all efficiently then you are you're stuck in a way where it's harder for the platforms that you have to deliver the kind of results you need to and that's when these are the times when customers become conscious of what they have what they don't have and i think that's where the number one thing comes in everybody is chasing efficiency right uh, productivity is what defines cost saving maximization of profit wherever you can being very very clear on the kind of markets you want to go after the energies that go into tapping those markets you don't want to be carpet bombing you don't want to be fluidic in your approach in the market you want to be that much more personalized that much more into the good fit personas that you have defined so it gives you more opportunity to succeed so rolling back on the productivity and efficiency i think every decision a customer takes at this time is leading towards doing something better than they have been doing so you will hear a lot of people laying off what why are they doing that because one they'll save the cost second they'll use the saved cost into something more strategic something more relevant to their future growth then that is very important to tap because it's a myth that fear of slow market it's a myth that everybody feels nobody is buying that's not the case everybody is here they're all tightening up their budgets but they're very opportunistic everybody wants to make that buck your customers your prospects everybody but strategies are much more clearer so goes back to the first point again unless you are on their side of the fence you wouldn't know what strategy your customer or your prospect is driving what productivity measures are they taking what efficiencies are they chasing and then you bring in your offering and then say listen 
for the thing that you're doing, here is this. That's the match the following you do with your offering, right? So that's that what that's what comes to my mind. Yeah, there's been quite a number of things that um, your discussion just now sprang up in my mind as well. You know, in average SMB organization, there are 300 apps running and only 45% of those are being used. Really? That's it's a lot crazy. of That was my reaction too. Yeah. That was my reaction too, exactly. So what that means is that all those organizations are actually basically wasting money probably on uh, on tools that are doing the same thing instead of cutting down on that cost Correct. on multiple licensing and investing, reinvesting it into more holistically oriented technology uh, that focuses on customer experience. True. There is also a question of resources. There is much more resources that are needed to maintain that complicated tech stack while those resources could be delegating into more important projects. So there is a lot of benefit in keeping your tech stack simple and really investing in technology that that has a holistic approach towards customer experience. Totally agree. And look at the wastage of having so many applications, so many resources being spent. So much of savings can be an opportunity, isn't it? Absolutely. There's another one as well that you that you just mentioned that that was making me think about something: mm -hmm. layoffs. Mm. This is where there is a lot of cost cutting uh, going and and reinvesting those those assets um, yep. uh, that that come out yep. from that exercise. Yep. And I think the what I want to add here is the importance of having close relationships relationships with your customers and that means not just with one person being able to build a strong relationship with multiple stakeholders from decision make from from decision makers through to influencers people who are just involved in those decision making process coaches and champions that's important because if you lose the one point of contact that you have in an account, true. that's it. You have to restart the process and the conversation true, from true. zero true. to look for people who are who want to listen. But if you are really well connected within an account, that's a completely different story. You can still continue that conversation. You might not, uh, you might not uh, lose a deal. Actually, there is data mm -hmm. from LinkedIn from 2022 that is saying that 81% of sellers have seen them or somebody losing a deal because they lost a point of contact. Oh my God, that's eight out of 10 deals that you have as a that's sales right. rep. Exactly. Well, that That is a crucial statistic for us to debate upon. It's shocking. Yeah. It's quite shocking. So I guess what I want what I want to say here is let's not underestimate the power of relationships Correct. that we are building within a company, regardless of where those rela relationships are. That's another thing I would say is very important totally as well agree. during that time. Before we move into the next segment, here is a quick word from HubSpot. Is your software bill out of control? You're not the only one considering a breakup with your tech stack right now. Let me introduce you to HubSpot CRM. It's the best platforms to speed up your sales and scale your business without blowing your budget. HubSpot's powerful CRM helps you automate tedious tasks, keep track of all your deals in one place and make sure your whole team has access to the same data. And best of all, you can try before you buy. No commitment, no hidden fees, not even a credit card is needed to sign up. Learn more at HubSpot.com. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's a behavior change for sales reps, sales leaders. Even when, as a sales leader, you want to uh, sit in a forecast call with your teammates, mm. I think it's a behavior that you have to drive as a leader. I think you need to start asking questions when you're doing an account review or a 
company review or a deal review you should be now adding these questions to your reviews saying okay who's your spark very good who else is there that you mapped who is the influencer who is the decision maker who is the economic buyer who has the legal powers have you mapped each one of them where is the red where is the amber where is the green in the hierarchy of your account so i think close plans account plans will be crucial and that will also give you more chances to run the deal a little bit unaffected even if somebody is laid off so it brings to me a, an example one of my bosses in good old days when i started in oracle you know told me single point of contact is also single point of failure so sometimes uh, if that contact moves off then it is not a great thing that's amazing because you mentioned about relationships here it brings to me another thought that many people don't do and i think that is a crucial piece that we need to tell our viewers especially if you are a sales rep or a sales leader who's listening to this think about the power of word of mouth and the references and the use cases mm-hmm. you honestly ask yourself if you're a sales leader honestly ask yourself and if you're a sales rep as well how many times have you spent a 30 minute call with somebody either a good fit or a bad fit but by the end of the call have you asked for a reference have you ever asked for them telling three names on their friend circle or fellow company mates or similar competition no we don't ask that we are we are by nature we want to finish the transaction we move to the next one but if you've done good job if you've got a good use case good reference story somewhere you have to take that to at least 10 more so my my thinking is this is crucial piece especially during the fear of a slower market because pipeline building is hard you got to double your prospecting hours to get the same kind of number of deals or leads that you used to get before so why don't you use something so beautifully working for ages together word of mouth has defined success of multiple companies over ages but it's just that we don't include that in our cadence do we so i think that's a piece <laughs> i want to tell yeah. the sales leaders apart from your single point of contact and the other things that we mentioned a while ago ask them where is this prospect taking you to who are the next three people that they are telling you to talk to what do you say romka i say customer experience brilliant all you're saying right now is making me think about great customer experience yeah. that is resulting in your customers becoming your advocates on the market and that's the word of mouth that you are talking about so really then leaders i think and that's that's also what what is top of mind for me is i'm thinking a lot about how do i improve customer experience from those customers and prospects who are talking to my team and also what is their customer experience what is it or rather what, what is the experience that they have with us as a brand and that also brings me to internal alignment which is also another big topic i think because a lot of organizations think okay mm. if i'm going to have a wonderfully ex- executed sales process that means that this customer is going to have a great experience with us and that means they're going to buy and that's it hmm. and this is where it starts and this is where it ends but that's not really what it is Correct. there needs to be a really strong alignment between marketing and sales because it is actually with the marketing content that 
your future customers are interacting with as the first point of interaction uh, with your brand. So that alignment, internal alignment between marketing and sales should be uh, very strong. Actually, there is data around it as well that says mm -hmm. that um, strong marketing alignment results in 32% higher revenue. 36% more retention of customers. So your LTV, your lifetime value of customers is growing immediately as well as 38% of higher win rates. So there is a tangible effect or a tangible impact on, uh, on actually on revenue within the companies. And that really travels after that as well. Mm. The handoffs between sales and services uh, and so, so post-sales organizations, that's also very crucial because that customer just bought. Now they are expecting to receive this wonderful service in this wonderful mm -hmm. product that you just sold them. So if they don't get it, there, there won't be any word of mouth. Well, there will be word of mouth, but it's not going to be a good one. So we really want to avoid <laughs> yeah. that. When you're talking about it, I think similar to the listeners, some of the sales leaders, and I'm also thinking, listen, there is a slowdown in the market, stricter budgets. How am I going to influence marketing to spend more? And that's that's a default thought that will come when we're listening to that point. Well, I think to double down on that question, it is very important to give feedback from sales as sales leaders and sales reps back to the marketing. You need to really regroup and understand what works the best, what's the least budgetary hit that you can take, but to have a more impactful campaign, stuff like that. You need to tell your marketing team this has worked well. These kind of leads that come from this source convert better. Then why don't we double down at this time? Or, or I've heard about this working for somebody else who's a potential other company there. Why don't we? So constant feedback to marketing is in your control. That's your controllables. I know marketing budget is not in your controllables, but to be able to spend it more judiciously to have the best impact probably is something that one has to do as a sales leader at this time, right? I think that's the alignment that we need to see between sales and marketing. I think so. And you know, and it's much easier to achieve than we think <laughs> because all it takes really is to sit down together exactly. as an organization at the table before the year starts and plan strategy together. Keep each other abreast of uh, of what we are thinking for sales strategy, yeah. strategy, what marketing is thinking for marketing strategy. Where is the money going to go? And even align some of the metrics. I think that's another important point mm. that organizations miss. They are measuring their businesses separately and differently. And there is no handshake in that area over there at all. And there is there is lots of money that, that just falls through the crack. Correct. And yeah. that money of, obviously comes from the fact that we are not, <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't give that great customer experience. Totally agree. And I think speaking of collaboration, there is another gold mine that sales leaders can tap into. And we generally forget because we're always thinking about new logo acquisition. Where's the new person who's going to talk to me? How do I convert this stranger into a potential prospect? That is a given. But there is money with your install base as well. So Ramka, when you talk about collaboration and alignment with marketing, the other thing that comes to my mind is the gold mine that we have and we actually don't stress more about it. And that's a piece I feel we as sales leaders should do in these times. What I'm talking about is your install base, the power of install base, the power of cross-sell and upsell. You really have to work on engaging with your customers better and generate more 
QLs from your existing customer base because the credibility is already set. The trust is there. They're using your product. They will need more guidance and tender love and care. And they will take it when you talk to them. And it's very important at these times of our um, life in the market to really look inward at times and see the gold mine, gold mine that you're uh, leaving upon. Yeah, that screams to me lifetime value. Exactly. If your customer has a great experience with you, they will continue investing in, in you. They will continue investing in the relationship. They will continue investing in the product. Obviously, you need to have a great product, but uh, that, that kind of goes goes without saying. You need to have something that they need. But yeah. uh, that lifetime value is does not come just from, from the product. It comes from the relationship that you build. And that relationship is also built um, through through that business empathy we were just talking about True. during uh, during tough times. Um, being a trusted advisor and having that great customer experience through all of the touch points that customer is going through with you as an organization. So I guess to your, you know, to your point, uh, Adi, as well, uh, as sales and marketing leaders, that should be top of mind for us. And that's, there is, because there is a big difference in how your people show up on the phone or in front of your customers. What is the type of uh, discussion that they hold um, and how they build those relationships. It should not feel like a sell. True. It should not feel like a transaction. It should feel like a relationship. And these are two different conversations. Totally agree. And I love how our points are coming and connecting with each other. Like you rightly said, the business empathy piece along with this, of having customers for life, especially around LTV point that you mentioned. And while you're saying that, I was also sensing how this connects to word of mouth because a happy customer will get you two, 10 more new conversations. Exactly. But a mm -hmm. not so happy customer might spoil your chances of talking to 10 prospects. So how crucial is this piece, isn't it? We, we need to really dig deeper into how we handle our customers at these times. For sure. So today, it's a very interesting conversation that we have uh, today, Adi. Thank you so much for having it with me. Um, what are some of the main points that, uh, that you took away from today? I think if I were listening to this podcast and if I were to really double down once I reach back office, I think number one is to segregate our customer personas. The point you mentioned in the beginning, right? The three buckets where our potential prospects and customers fall into. That's very important. Leading that with business empathy is the most crucial takeaway for me. I think the second one is around productivity and chasing efficiency. Everybody is doubling down on productivity. They're holding back their cash reserves. They're looking at cost optimization. They're looking for growth opportunities as well, but they want to do more with less. So if you are looking at your customer, you need to really get into their side of fence and figure out what efficiencies are they chasing? Where are they cutting costs? Why are they cutting costs? Where is that money going? What's the strategic investments? Where's the growth plan? That's the second one. The third biggest piece was around networking and having good customer experience because that leads straight away to a positive and a strong LTV. And it keeps customers for life. That in turn comes an alliance with your word of mouth, with your business empathy again. 
the last one i would never want to forget is even though marketing spend is out of my controllables at this moment as a sales leader we need to have a tighter alignment we need to give feedback we need to double down on where things are working for us you need to not really spray and pray but really be very conscious about where is the best roi for each dollar that you spend and that's an alignment that should go from people who are in sales and interacting with prospects and customers to people who design these campaigns and then together i think they can conquer better and the last piece i think if you are a sales rep who's listening here the power of follow up the power of mm-hmm. not giving up the power of not panicking that is crucial at this time it's a myth that no business is happening in a really slow market it's a myth there is business happening every business wants to grow every business wants to hold steady because the floodgates will open one day and when they open the bravest will win the most that's right especially that there is always spending there is always budget correct and if you're hearing that there is no budget that means there is no budget for you exactly so you to make it relevant exactly. and you need to drive with the value and customer experience well great thanks so much ari it was a pleasure being with you here today and discussing the topic and to our listeners thanks guys for being here with us and see you next time Thanks for tuning into HubSpot Asia growth forecast today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to this show. Oh, and one more thing. If you found the discussion valuable, share it with at least one more person who you think would enjoy listening to it. That's it for this episode and we will see you real soon on Asia growth forecast.